we kick off episode 154 of Monster Kid Radio with another song by the band The Slop Tones coming from their Demon Haunted EP release. It's the song Mortido. It appears on this episode of Monster Kid Radio with their permission. Appreciate that, guys. This is the podcast devoted to the classic and sometimes not so classic genre cinema of yesteryear. I'm your host, writer, producer, Derek M. Cook. And just like last time, we're a little outside of the box, sort of. This time around, we're talking about the 2014 film Dracula Untold. Now, a couple of days ago, you heard my wife, Brenda, joining the show to talk about the movie. We watched the film. And in that episode, we talked about our thoughts about the film itself, kind of went through some of the main points discussed what we liked what we really didn't like what we thought was pretty silly that sort of thing we're going to continue the what we thought was silly versus what we liked conversation in this episode of monster kid radio and talk about how we think this is going to play out in the grand scheme of things when it comes to universal's united monster movie but not really horror just monsters action their shared universe project we're going to talk a little bit about that as well brenda is awesome. I hadn't podcast with her in over a year. She used to podcast with me on a previous podcast. She was my partner then on the podcast. She's my partner now in life. And I appreciate her taking the time to sit in front of the microphone and break down Dracula Untold with me. I was pretty excited to do it. And I had a really good time recording and editing that conversation. So I hope you guys and gals dig that. And before we get to that, though, remember monsterkidradio.net is where you can find everything you need to know about Monster Kid Radio between episodes. From here, you'll find links to our Facebook group. Our Patreon page, where you can become a patron of Monster Kid Radio and help support the show on a monthly basis. Depending on the level at which you support the show, well, you'll get some rewards, like access to a Monster Kid Radio monthly newsletter, as well as a few other things. So go check that out. We also have a link to our live 365 internet radio station. Now, this is where I've programmed a ton of music and sounds from classic monster movies, it's enjoyable to listen to. Uh, for me, personally, I hope you dig it as well. If you want to check that out, go look up Monster Kid Radio on live365.com or just follow the link in the show notes, of course. Also on our website is our contact information. We have a voicemail line at 503-479-5657. That's 503-479-5MKR. And our email address is monsterkidradio at gmail.com. Of course, in the show notes for this episode, you're going to find a link to the Slop Tones at theslopptones.bandcamp.com. If you head over there and buy their album, let them know that you heard about them here on Monster Kid Radio. Why don't we go ahead and get into this conversation with Brenda? Uh, we're going to do that. Now, a heads up, we did spoil the movie in the last episode. Our spoilers will probably continue in this episode as well, so you've been warned. Also, after that, we're going to have Brenda come back on the show to address an email that came in since the last episode. So I'm looking forward to that as well. Are you looking forward to it? Why am I holding out on you? Let's get to it right after this. How much, Jack? You think's in a strong rock? Mm. There's plenty of Cuban sugar, though. Here's what happened. The general beat his friend Castro to the Cuban treasury. The strong box is now on this boat. So are a deported American gangster and his mall. And lurking in the depths is the creature from the haunted sea. You're a crazy mixed up kid. I am perfectly adjusted to my life of crime. Don't worry, Mary Bell. I'll save you. 
Jones. All right, be calm, everybody. The boat's insured. This is Ruby. And I'm Hater. And we host the Mimiverse Bonfire Podcast. A podcast based on Christopher R. Mim, a Minnesota filmmaker who's got eight films under his belt, soon to be nine. And they're all 1950s-style black and white movies. The podcast revolves around actors, the making of the films, and various other little fun bits. And technicians. (laughs) You can find us at SaintEuphoria.com. Or like us on Facebook. That would be the Mimiverse Bonfire Podcast. Hope you tune in. So, how much more do we want to give away about the movie? Well, I feel like... Not much more, right? Yeah, I mean, I do want to say, I feel like it should have ended about 20 minutes before it ended. Oh. That I felt like after the big battle scene and certain characters are killed off... We could have ended and had the tragic ending. That's fine. It did seem odd that one of them survived and the rest didn't. What do you mean? It just one vampire survives the, at the end of the movie. Oh, I see what you're saying. But it didn't at. make a lot of sense yeah. to me because others did not. I wish I could find out, and this may just be because I haven't gone online to look. But I wish I could find out what exactly got tacked on to this to make it so that more films can mm-hmm. be done. I'd like to believe that after – we said spoilers – after Dracula is killed, that the movie could have ended. Hmm. It really could have ended there. Tragic story. There's your brave yeah. heart ending. Boom. You're done. Mm-hmm. But it continues. Yeah. And then we get the, I guess, even modern day sequence. Mm-hmm. You know, I I don't know. Do you think it did a good job of laying groundwork for another film or series? For another Dracula film, but not for so, I don't see when you were saying that, I didn't understand. It doesn't it doesn't set anything up for like the mummy. Which is in the works. The mummy was going to be the original launching point, from mm-hmm. what I understand. There's also a lot of work being done now on a Wolfman film. Mm-hmm. And I don't know where the connective tissue is going to come into play here. Now, in my head, I love the idea of a big battle sequence between vampires and mummies. I just think that would be really cool. How that would work, I don't know. Maybe I'll just, you know, I won't get that, but I'm having a hard time figuring out where the connective tissue is going to be. With the Marvel movies, the superhero movies, because I've read comics, because so many of us know what the comic history is, Of course, Iron Man and Thor might meet. I mean, they're all Marvel comics, right? No big deal. As a monster kid who watched all the classic stuff, yeah, Wolfman fights Dracula, fights Frankenstein, fights Abbott and Costello, whatever. For Dracula Untold, I'm having a hard time making that leap. Right. Which maybe that's a good thing. Maybe I'll be pleasantly surprised with the next one. Doesn't seem like it. Probably not. (laughs) (laughs) What about you? I just don't know why they would try to link them anyways. I understand their universe. 
Sometimes there's money. crossover of characters. There's but money. It just didn't make a lot of sense to me. Right. Yeah, I mean, the Marvel movies, Avengers made a bank. But that was an organic thing. That wasn't planned from the very, very beginning. Once they started putting it together, then, yeah, they made plans. But that wasn't the original intention when they made Iron Man. Hmm. So I don't know. Now, did you find the movie scary at all? No, but I don't need to find it scary. There were some jump scares. There were jump scares. But you get that in anything, whatever. I mean, it's part of what I think you like about certain movies. They're so not real world scary. I mean, scary movies. I think we talked about this on the other podcast. It's these horrific things that could potentially happen. This is not it. I do like fantasy in my horror. I really do. That's why I don't, I've never been into like the serial killer movies and things like that. And the zombie stuff always was kind of fantastic. Right. Darkly fantastic, but I don't know. Um, There were some jump scares. I didn't find this particularly scary either. I didn't need it to be scary though. I actually enjoyed this. So Universal not too long ago said that they are not going to focus on the horror aspect. That's okay. You're okay with that. Well, you don't have the vested interest that I, the investment that I do. Right. I also think that, I mean, these movies were scary when, and if you're recreating them, I don't know if you could make them scary for this modern day. I think there's a difference between scary and spooky. Now that Mm -hmm. we go back to watch those movies, you go back and watch the original Dracula or Frankenstein or Invisible Man or any of those, and they're spooky. You don't think that some of those movies were scary for people in the audience? Oh, back then. Yes. yes. Back okay. then. Oh, definitely. But I think now because of where we are in our filmic history mm-hmm. and pop culture. And just the education and the ability to know what's going on across the world and therefore know that this isn't existing somewhere. Yep, that's true. I just think you can't take these movies, recreate them and be true to them and make them scary. I know a lot of fans were disappointed when Universal made that admission. And and they kind of, I don't know if they were just feeling like they had to say something because they knew they wouldn't be able to pull it off or what their intention was. Other, Maybe they're just trying to make sure that they get as many butts in the seats as possible. By keeping their movies PG-13, they have a bigger audience than the R-rated audience would. I think you can still make an effective PG-13 horror movie. We've watched some. Right. But I think what they're going for is a real non-superhero, superhero kind of approach. Yeah. And I'm really, really uncomfortable with Dracula being the hero. I know in Romania he is, or he was, and I know the stories cast him in that Mel Gibson Braveheart role. I get that, mm-hmm. but I don't... This has always oh. been an issue for you. You do not like vampires that are likable because they're bad guys. <laughs> they're bad guys. They're supposed to be bad guys. They're supposed and to be bad guys, yes. I did struggle with... The original vampire was a bad guy, I feel like. The vampires that were created in the process of this battle were truly bad guys. Yeah. And they made some weird... It's like they had a little council meeting before they came in. It's like, <laughs> well, you know, we got to go do this thing. And he's like, oh, wait, what? No, that's right? not how it goes. Well, you got to because... I don't understand why they were different than Vlad was as a vampire. There was no good reason for that there was no explanation why all the other ones were crappy evil vampires he was the exception from the norm 
except that his wife said, this is not you. I suppose if one were to look at it and read into it as much as you can and do work that the filmmakers should have done, you could say that they had drank human blood right away instead of abstaining. Oh. That they were brought back to this unlife by Dracula when he said, do you want vengeance? So, I mean, vengeance was in their heart. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, you could read into that, I suppose. But, yeah, it did seem a little out of place. Right. But it is what it is. It is what it is. So, okay. Did we? I'm sorry. Go ahead. What do you think? Well, I was going to ask you what you thought about him forgetting he was a vampire during the final fight. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. You know, I had as more of a problem with the fact that somehow they figured out what he was. The, the Turks did and set up this trap for him with bags of silver hanging from the ceiling, silver across the floor, etc. And they knew enough to set up this silver trap for him, which supposedly saps his powers. Well, but he's in this final fight and he has just a good old sword fight because he totally forgot he was a vampire, except <laughs> for the fact that the silver hurts him. Man, why does this hurt so much? Uh, I'm a vampire. Oh, it hurts so much. (sighs) I do have those days where I hurt so much I forget. Are you a vampire, honey? No. Damn it. Just kind of like a goldfish. (laughs) Oh, look, a castle. Oh, look, a castle. Oh, look, a castle. (laughs) Oh, man. Um, As far as the film goes overall, it's not something I'm going to own. I don't think it's something I'm going to go back and rewatch over and over and over huh. again, unless the Blu-ray has a bunch of special features on it that invoke or evoke the original film somehow. Hmm. Kind of like how the Van Helsing ugh, DVD Blu-ray had a little bit mm-hmm. that referenced the original films and some of their special features. But I, I don't know if it's something I'm going to go back and rewatch over and over and over again, unless something like The Mummy or The Wolfman really delivers. Oh, you know what I mean. I thought this was good enough that I might watch it every—I don't know, probably be every ten years or so. <laughs> I always think I'll watch things more often than I really do. So we won't get it on DVD or Blu-ray because in ten years it'll be some other technology. Anyway. So <laughs> I don't know. It just—it didn't feel like a universal monster movie to me. But then, in the grand scheme of things, the overall population—I know that my monster kid. Bubble right. is a much smaller piece than the overall audience. You know, I mean, I know this is not targeted to me. I know that this was advertised and marketed toward just overall film viewers. And there aren't as many as me, say, versus, I don't know, the 13-year-old what, girls. What would they have done differently that what, would make it better to you? For me, I would have gotten rid of making him the romantic lead. I, I just don't. It wasn't. I mean, I just felt like it wasn't particularly. It's not like he was. He was, you know, married, had kids. It was a, a familial relationship that already existed. So it was not like he was out there falling in love with a woman during the story. Yeah. I mean, the end, there's a bit that happens that is also something that I struggle with in Braveheart when it comes to the, the women in his life. So just leave it at that. I, I just, I don't like the vampires. That's the good guys. I just don't. They're monsters. They're dead. They drink your blood. They probably got bad breath. They can't get it up. I don't like vampires as heroes. They can't get it up? Because they don't have a circulatory system. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, monster movies are totally logical. They like are that. real to me. 
So to make it better for you, there would be no love interest in the story. No, not that. Uh, you can have some love interest. Because then what is, fi- what is he fighting for? His people, because he's a good, he's supposed to be a good prince. He's a lousy prince. He's a great prince. I disagree strongly. He's a great prince who goes as far as he needs to go for his people. Uh, okay, his okay. people include his family. That's they true. Able, That's true. They're able to personalize the fight for him and for us. You know, if he's fighting for his people, they're just going to find some family to show in in a positive light that makes us connect with the fight. So, okay, the family fits better for no, me. And, and you know, you go back to the original Dracula novel and the other films. There is the love aspect. There is the sometimes the over the top i have crossed oceans of time for you <laughs> stuff which again makes me kind of cringe a little bit i don't want my vampires to be sexy but i i get it okay and, and you're right there, there does need to be that and it did exist before the movie started so it wasn't like he was seducing yes. women who were falling in love with him before right, whatever right. it was already there so what else could have been done to make um, this better i would have stopped it at the end oh, i would yeah. have stopped it where i talked about earlier once he mm-hmm. dies boom the end tragic ending call it good i would have yeah. stopped it there I thought the familiarity with the run random monk who calls him out for being a vampire was a little out that of the blue. That was weird. And I can't help but feel like there might have been a scene or two excised from the script before they shot or even shot and then cut out for time yeah. reasons. People know what vampires are in this world, apparently. At least right. some of the religious people do. And they know that he's in the trial period, too, yet still <laughs> makes the decision to try to get rid of him and i thought that that weird little part was added as a uh they out him as a potential vampire and as a fight between giving in to the bad guy vampire side versus being the one vampire with morals yeah but it was too brief to accomplish the majority of those things yeah. and so it felt very out of place this movie felt much like, it could have been much bigger than it was. I think I would have liked the movie a lot if it wasn't about supernatural vampire stuff. I'd love to see, like, maybe even an ongoing mini ongoing miniseries, a miniseries of some sort showing the Romanian, Transylvanian versus Turk stuff. I mean, that would be fascinating to watch. The real Vlad, all that stuff. Just don't include Dracula because it's mm-hmm. not really part of it. Or to you, but for a lot of people, those myths are very intertwined. Well, I'm talking about just a historical piece. I'd like oh. to watch that. Or if this is going to be tied into some grand universal thing, I just need more to evoke the original stuff. I mean, Hmm. Universal has a lock on what we consider the classic movie monsters. I understand that Lugosi family may not license the rights of Bela Lugosi's image to Universal, so they're trying to create their own thing. I get that. But I don't know. I just felt like it was built as an action-adventure epic. Not very horrific. I wanted more horror. I wanted more spooky. Hmm. There's not a chance to really get down and into the spooky when everything's CG flashy. Hmm. You know, even when we're in the tunnels or in that cavern where they're getting the master vampire or whatever, mm-hmm. the camera's zipping around and all the loud noises and all that. You know, mm-hmm. it's not atmosphere. And I want atmosphere. You wanted it to slow down and settle into. Give Yeah. Yeah. I want to wallow around in it. I want to. I want to wrap myself up in the atmosphere, and I couldn't do that with this. It was very zippy and fast. Yeah. The director. This is his first feature film. Oh wow! Uh, well is, done. According to the Internet Movie Database, this is his second film. Period. 
Uh, the other film that he did was a short film that kind of sort of has some B-movie vibe to it, which I would like to see. Mm. Uh, but yeah, this is his first feature film. And if I had known that Universal was looking for a director that didn't have a lot of real world experience, I would have sent my resume. <laughs> They didn't want you because you want to wallow in atmosphere. (laughs) That's true. Uh, Now, are you going to see The Mummy or The Wolfman with me? Yeah, probably. Did you see the other Mummy movies with uh, Brendan Fraser? No. What? Cheese. Okay, okay. Cheese. I think we watched one of those Brendan Fraser movies, and I decided that it will never fucking happen again. I did not think (laughs) I have watched a movie with Brendan Fraser in it ever again. Are you kidding me? That's what those movies are. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Like I said, if they're amazing, then I'll consider adding this to my collection along with those so I can Uh have the. Because I'm a collector and I'm a completist and I'd want the whole package. Okay. Or I'll wait for somebody to go online and create a fan edit. Where they use the final scene from this film as the prologue to the mummy or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so you feel better about it. Yes. So that I don't I do appreciate that the name Mina was brought up because that's a name from the original story and films. Borgo Pass is mentioned at one point, which again is a touchstone mm-hmm. for the original. And I know it's a geographic place, so it's kinda hard to make that up. It's it's part of the land. But I like having those things in there because at least they're touchstones, but I wanted right. more touchstones. I wanted more <sighs> Evocation of the originals. It's That's interesting all I because I felt like there was a huge amount of respect for the fact that he was a vampire and demonstration of things happening. So I don't know. Do you think this film was a good mix between appealing to you and appealing to me? <sighs> if it had all those things in it that you want, would it have been appealing to me? No, because you don't like good movies. <laughs> That's it. I'm never coming on your show again. <laughs> I would say the same about you. That's I know. <laughs> we, we do have very different movie tastes. <laughs> so when we find a movie that we love together, it's amazing. So, yes. What was the last one that we loved together? Uh, probably Cloud Atlas. <laughs> oh, I love Cloud Atlas. Yeah. We enjoyed, what was that other one we just watched? Oh, Oculus. Yeah. Yeah. That was, yeah. That was okay. Yeah. As far as this one goes, I uh, I think you liked it more than I did. Yes. I think it appeals more to you than it does to me. Yes. It's essentially the same thing. I think I liked it less than you. <laughs> Come on. Keep thinking of ways to say the same thing. In the Zen diagram of – is it Zen or Ven? In the Zen, di- Zen diagram. Our bubbles are only slightly crossing each other for this movie. Yes, yes. You've got a bigger bubble portion than I do. That's not a weight joke at all. (gasps) (laughs) Maybe I won't use that. I love you anyways. (laughs) All right. All right. So Dracula Untold. Oh, the music. I wanted to say I did like the music. Good. Uh, The music is by the same guy who did the Fright Night remake, and I love that score much more than the film itself. He also did the score for Pacific Rim, which is pretty fun. And I think he did some Game of Thrones as well. So there's a third Game of Thrones connection. But yeah, I did love the music quite a bit. The Fright Night remake is better. But I did like the music. And again, I thought the visuals were great. Mm-hmm. There were some interesting things. I'm glad I saw it mm-hmm. once. Mm-hmm. You don't do ratings here? No. Because we're not really about like rating. We're I just know. talking about our fandom of, of things. And this okay. is this is a little outside of the box again. It's not like I was talking about one of our favorite the movies. You defined box. It's, well, it's my show. I do what I want. 
<laughs> which is why this shouldn't be outside of the box because you want. Look, when you start your own show, you can set up your own parameters, all right? Right now, you're in my box. Uh, all right. Well, it was fun to dust off the Dust microphone. off and defer the microphone. <laughs> it was very, very furry. It's just kind of gross. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for coming on the show. Do you think you'll ever come back on the show again? Let's do the Universal series. When the new one comes out? Yeah. Remember when you told me that we could cover Unico on this show? <laughs> is that outside the box? It is outside the box. However, in the future, maybe sometime next year, in 2015, <laughs> because I don't want to nail it down, we'll have Brenda back on the show to talk about an animated cartoon, an animated feature that we she loves. We don't need to do no, Unico. No, no, no. We will. It's called Unico. And the Island of Magic. She loves this cartoon. It's not, again, a monster thing from the classic period. It's like the first Japanimation to make it big. and It's something that she loves, and I'll have her on the show to talk about it. And here's the thing. I love it, but we recently, well, recently-ish, found out that there were other versions of that movie, other parts like a, of like the storyline. or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Don't like it. No. So really, this is one of those movies that if you watched it in your childhood over and over like I did, you love it, but it is not explainable. Anybody new watching it is not going to love it. I took it in for the kids where I used to work once. Not impressed. Really? Not impressed. No. Mm. Hmm. It's just one of those weird things that wove itself into the fabric of my childhood, and therefore, I love it. And that's why we want to have you on the show to talk about it, because it's that same level of, same kind of fandom. That I have for things like creature. Look at you finding a well. No, weird I mean I think crossover. It's awesome. <laughs> and, and I'm I'm justifying it. I'm validating it. So I don't know how we would watch it anyway. So all we have is a VHS of it. I'll, I'll figure something out. Mm. I'll work some magic. I'll pull some strings. Mm. So yeah, thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Any any final words? I love you. Hello to the family. Now, since the last recording, we received an email from Monster Kid Radio regular Scott Morris. Thought we'd go old school, deja vu style. <laughs> Back when Brenda and I did the zombie podcast, she read all the emails. So I printed up the email and gave it to her. It's so odd to be holding a piece of paper here and reading an email. <laughs> Do you remember how to read? I mean, emails? Oh. Emails, that is? I mean, you remember the... Okay. Just listen to MKR, and I have a question that's bugging me. If a person wants to become a vampire, they can drink vampire blood and then human blood within three days, and poof, they are a vampire. <laughs> but if the person drinks vampire blood, then has a change of heart and avoids blood for three days during the vampire pledge period, they don't become a vampire. Is that right? If so, let's say this morning I wake up and say, what the heck? I want to be a vampire. Local 347 of the Vampire Union shows up at my door. <laughs> knock, knock, knock. With a glass of vampire blood and I drink it. He leaves. I'm alone. And I think, nah, I want to be a podcaster instead. So I'm going to avoid humans and lock myself in my home alone, thinking I'll exit after the long weekend and I'll be normal again. That night, I cook up a large meal and enjoy a feast. Taking a bite of my mutton, I bite my inner lip. My own blood fills my mouth as I swallow. What am I now? So what do you think? Because you're in the pledge period, so you're, right. you're technically a vampire, so you just drink more vampire blood. Oh, good point. Right? 
maybe that's the out. That's the out? Yes. You just but keep you doing to, it. But you, got, you have to extend your day. Is right? that what it is? Is that the equivalent of saying I get three wishes, my third wish is for more wishes? <laughs> is that what that is? <laughs> I think so. Huh. I think that's the answer. I really struggle with this email because it came from Scott, and we know Scott. And he doesn't eat mutton. I was going to say, he doesn't eat mutton. <laughs> this would be more, you know, I was eating my cheese pizza. Right? <laughs> I was wondering, where they don't eat mutton. Where, where does Scott get mutton? Mutton. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's because he's in the pledge period. Oh, he's just really, really hungry and is like, yes. oh, you know, mutton, All he blood. has is mutton. Or yeah. maybe he just thinks that's what vampires eat. The mutton vampire? When they don't want to be vampires forever? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> anyway. So, uh, sounds like you need to call in sick for a day. <laughs> Three days. Well, a day longer than your long holiday. And then see what happens. Then see what happens. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for uh, doing the feedback with me, hon. Oh, yeah. Our one... Our one email. One email. Aw. Good old times. <laughs> Big thanks to Scott for writing in with that uh, bit of very important feedback and that very important question that must be answered. I hope it gets answered in a future uh, Universal film. I mean, if they really care about a cohesive universe, I think that's something that they should address. Anyway, uh, thanks for writing in, Scott. If you want to write in like Scott, be cool like Scott, you've got to write us at monsterkidradio at gmail.com and you have to produce one of the best Disney podcasts out there, Disney Indiana. C-3PO. Loki. Mace Windu. Dr. Bruce Banner. Captain Rex. Venom. Princess Leia. Jean Grey. Darth Maul. Nick Fury. Grand Moff Tarkin. Captain America. Lando Calrissian. Cyclops. What do all these characters have in common? Well, two of them were played by Samuel L. Jackson. A couple of them were played by Hammer Films veterans Peter Cushing and Christopher Lee. Come on, guys. You know this. Well, of course we do, Jessica. Just like Mickey Mouse and Captain Jack Sparrow, they're all now Disney characters. Hello, I'm Tracy of the Disney Indiana Podcast, and my co-host Scott and I enjoy talking about all aspects of the House of Mouse, and that includes their newest properties, Marvel and LucasArts. We also talk about Disney resorts, the cruise line, theme parks, and whatever else Mickey has to offer. Which includes movies, Imagineering, video games, and collectibles. You'll never know what we'll decide to talk about. So check us out at www.disneyindiana.com or do a search for the Disney Indiana Podcast on iTunes. Because now we've got a lot more to talk about. And don't forget about those other quote-unquote Disney characters like, well, Sully. Fozzie Bear. Buzz Lightyear. Link Hogthrob. Doug. Janice. Merida. Pepe. Bruce. Ralph the Dog. Wally. Dr. The Disney Bunsen Indiana Honeydew. Podcast. Syndrome. Even after five years, we're still miles away from the nearest Main Street, USA. We're not listed on the map, but you can join us at www.disneyindiana.com. You're going to hear more Scott next week on Monster Kid Radio when we do talk about the film The Killer Shrews. This is one I've been wanting to do for a while, especially since a new remastered version of the movie has been released on DVD, something that I've been wanting to talk with Scott about. Scott and I talked about the movie The Giant Gila Monster. Go check that out in the archives over at monsterkidradio.net. Well, The Killer Shrews was the double feature that was released with this film and produced by the same people. So it's going to be fun to take a look at that, as well as a movie that 
kind of sort of came out of that. Um, yeah, we'll get to it. You'll have to come back next week to hear all about it. So big thanks to Scott for making that happen in advance for next week. Big thanks to Brenda for this week for appearing on Monster Kid Radio. And you heard her, folks. She said she'd watch the other Universal Monster movies. And you know, what the heck? We'll do Unico at some point next year with her as well. Why not? And finally, remember our Wikipedia campaign. If you are a Wikipedia user, can write Wikispeak code for Wikipedia, whatever. If you find out anything fun or interesting about any of your favorite classic monster movies and you think it needs to be on Wikipedia, well, head over there and make it happen. Now, remember, references and resources are key when adding information to Wikipedia. So make sure you have a resource or a reference that you can list with whatever update you put on Wikipedia. Print is best. Podcasts work, online websites work, but print is key for Wikipedia. Why are we doing this? Well, I personally don't think there's enough classic monster love on Wikipedia. So, Monster Kid Radio listeners, I'm reaching out to you. This is our wiki campaign. Let's get Wikipedia monsterfied. Monster Kid Radio is a registered service mark of Monster Kid Radio, LLC. All original content of Monster Kid Radio by Monster Kid Radio, LLC is licensed under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, 3.0, unported license. Of course, that doesn't apply to the song Mordido. That belongs to the Slope Tone. So you can find it on their album, Demon Haunted, over at slopetones.bandcamp.com. Talk to everybody next week. Actually, talk to everybody in a couple of days for the Creature Cast Among Us. Stay tuned. (laughs) 